I mean, it's about the innovation. It's about the people that create the innovation. It's about the people that uh, create a startup. It's about the people that build a startup. It's about people when it's about funding a startup. Welcome to Mission Capital, the Invest Austria podcast. We talk with private capital investors about growing and scaling innovative companies. My name is Laura, and I'm happy to welcome Alos today. We will talk about hidden champions and their potential in the European innovation scene. Hi Alois, nice to have you here. Do you want to say a few words about yourself? Hi Laura, thank you for the introduction and um, thank you for having me in your podcast. I'm Alois and uh, I am uh, Austrian, but I see myself as a true European. I have been working in the interface of sustainable development and business since 1992. I was um, a co-founder of several companies that we built and um, uh, of startups, mainly in the sustainable financial area. And uh, for the last years, I have been a business angel in high-tech impact companies. Yeah, nice to have you here today. We will start with our three opening questions. One word about the tech ecosystem in Austria. Yeah, as I mentioned, um, I see it from a bit outside and um, probably... When I started investing in uh, in venture capital in 06 out of London, Austria was not really a, an area of focus from no one. So it was considered as a kind of, I would say, and um, kind of a development area in uh, in innovation and venture capital. However, uh, that changed a lot. And I think in the meantime, Austria is a very attractive area. And the whole uh, CE area um, is, is very attractive. And Austria being a bridge and Vienna especially being a bridge to CE countries uh, makes it uh, very, very attractive. And what I can see is that uh, over the last especially 10 years, we could see a strong development of a, of a strong ecosystem in innovation and venture capital. Yeah, building a bridge to CE is especially also what we meant to do with our event in West Austria. So going back to CE, one wish for the future of the CE location. I would say the biggest wish is, uh, is political stability. We have been experiencing that, um, especially in this year. We need political stability in order to, uh, to attract um, a capital and, uh, and capital which is needed to, to fund innovation. And I see in that uh, the biggest uh, risk at the moment. And otherwise, of course, it's my wish that the conversions will continue. Yeah, definitely. That would be really important. And what's the most relevant learning from your journey? From my journey, I would say the most important learning is it's all about people. I mean, it's about the innovation. Uh, it's about the people that create the innovation. It's about the people that uh, create a startup. It's about the people that build a startup. It's about people when it's about funding a startup. The clients are at the end um, also uh, a group of people. And um, so at the end, it's all about, about people and how people work together. Yeah, it's all about trust, all about the people, especially when it comes to investing. As you have been in the innovation scene since many years and you have seen it from very different angles, from the financing side, but also from the company side, we will go deeper in today what it takes to create hidden champions. As there is a lot of unlevered innovation in Austrian universities and also research labs, what conditions are needed to support the emerge of this hidden potential and champions and also future corporate successes? This is a very important question um, that you are raising. And... Um, But the question 
in itself already includes the dilemma. You start with the question in uh, in stating there's a lot of innovation in university, in Austrian universities and research labs. The point is, if there is just research done for itself, it's difficult that someone else picks, picks it up. And I think the solution is that universities and research labs and corporates work better together, that they come closer. And um, at the end, what is always important is uh, for innovation is, is that innovation can only be seen in ecosystems. So there must be ecosystems. And the, and the closer the players of an ecosystem are working together, the more fruitful innovation uh, will be and the better it will be developed. So from that perspective, it's important that research and corporates are coming together. And I would, I would even frame the, the question differently and say, you know, universities and research labs should think more about what do corporates need and approach corporates and try to find corporates and really understand what they need and, and how they can help them to generate innovation. And uh, that way, I think um, much more innovation would also be implemented in corporates then. You know, of course, that's probably not the case for basic research, but it should be the case for applied research. This cooperation is much uh, uh, better developed in the US. The military more or less says what is needed from a technical perspective and the, and the universities are doing the research. And uh, similar corporates think about what is needed and then you know, the university labs are, are building it and we need a much stronger and better exchange here. There are first initiatives in Germany. There is a, There are initiatives in, in, in Switzerland at universities. And I think from an Austrian perspective, uh, I think we should we should cooperate much more about uh, with these initiatives in Switzerland and in Germany to, to strengthen and to learn from them and to strengthen uh, the ecosystem. Do you see this issue also in Swiss and in Germany or do you see it especially in Austria that there is a not enough collaboration between corporates and universities? I have a feeling that in, in Switzerland, especially at the ETH, this co collaboration is, is very well developed or much better developed. In Germany, uh, they are in a way to, to find um, ways to get closer. There's this deep initiative at the ESMT Berlin. But I, I, I feel and from what I hear, I think uh, there could be much, much uh, uh, better and, and closer cooperation. Yeah, I think that would be a good starting point, turning the process around and starting with the need and then develop the according technology. As we often also talk about sectors and about clusters, which would also lead to increased collaboration between universities, corporates and startups. And also Swiss is well known that they have changed the structure into a more cluster focused structure in the recent years. Do you have any insights on how, on how that would be possible to set up what is needed and how could the cluster also in the end work? I would, uh, I would take a might uh, recommend uh, taking a quite a pragmatic approach and, um, invite those, um, uh, uh, corporates that are interested in cooperating and build with them clusters and invite then also the universities to join to join these clusters and i think the initiative should more come from from the business side from the corporate side that they approach the universities and ask them to focus on certain clusters and and build technologies there so austria has a very diverse industry mainly built on on smes uh, but as i would in an international scale smaller smes and um 
you know, we, we are very strong in, 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 in certain areas like tourism, uh, packaging, uh, wood, industrial linked services. Uh, we are probably not as strong in B2C businesses. Uh, with a few exceptions. And um, this is a task of, of, uh, of the corporates to build clusters themselves and then to approach in, uh, universities and research labs or approach universities and then set up specific research labs. As you're also an expert in impact investing and in general, when it comes to impact innovation, do you see also potential here to set up clusters, maybe not just in Austria, but also in general in the DACH region? I think the big strength of the DACH region is, is, uh, is the industry on an international level, you know, in automotive industry, And industry, basic industry in, in general, this is where, where Europe is leading versus the US and versus Asia. And I think um, with regards to sustainability-related research, this should be also the area of focus going forward. So uh, everything that is related to in industrial, to positive impact in, uh, in, in, uh, in industry areas, um, uh, ma manufacturing, um, and so on. I think that, that this should be the areas where, where uh, we could focus on. So mainly on B2B and on, uh, on specific um, yeah, services, software development there and, and all kind of, of innovation that helps to, to make um, uh, manufacturing more efficient. I think we have not a core strength in B2C. This is something, of course, which we should not give up. And there are other so, and uh, strategic initiatives, you know, we have to, to manage our data uh, ourselves in a more relevant way. Europe tried it with, um, with, uh, photovoltaics, but, um, we, we, we initially did it probably the right way, but then, um, you know, we, we should learn from that, that, um, you know, we, we built all the innovation, uh, funded it, uh, in the twenties. Um, uh, Uh, so from 20 to 2010, but then we more or less lost it to Asia for many reasons. And we have to learn from that. So if we build and focus on a cluster, then we have to make sure that uh, we can keep the knowledge and the industry within Europe and, and start to export instead of exporting the knowledge and then start to import uh, that's That's at our disadvantage. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that issues had also been discussed even stronger during the current crises. And I think we all see the, the outcome of these decisions, which were made in the, in the past accordingly when it came to innovation and also innovation in Europe. Where do you still see advantages of Europe or where could Europe position it to really become a leader again and also create more hidden champions in certain fields? Um, you already mentioned manufacturing. Do you see other industries where this also could still be possible? I think uh, everything which is related to mobility, although we are probably uh, a bit lacking on, on electromobility, there are other areas where we could catch up fast. Also, um, you know, public uh, mobility uh, systems, we, we have, um, you know, it, it's about the, the infrastructure that is needed for, uh, for transportation, uh, public transportation, but also goods transportation. I think we are, we are very strong in these areas and we have to build on that. That's another area. I see that we have strength in the construction industry, although that might be an area which will be affected very strongly by the economic crisis in the coming two, three years. But uh, we have to think longer term and um, 
and uh, we, I'm, I'm sure we can um, catch up on here again then. And I see a lot of um, B2B software uh, possibilities in Europe. By nature, um, B2C is, um, is always a bit more difficult in Europe because we have much smaller markets, uh, markets that have not yet converged. Um, the, you know, we have different, still different languages, different cultural systems and, and so on. So B2C is by nature uh, always a bit more difficult because the markets are smaller. But on a B2C, B2B side, in, in, in many, many areas, I see uh, a lot of uh, uh, potential. Hopefully, this turns out how you expect it in the future and the near future, especially. Coming back maybe to the sustainability topic, as right now, a lot of corporates seek for new ways to have a green transformation, to reduce energy costs. And there, of course, they also need innovation or new technologies or more increased collaboration with startups or in-house venturing. Where do you see the opportunities here right now and how can corporates um, adapt to this um, green transformation in a faster way? Or do you have any experience on that? I think European and and uh, and and uh, German speaking uh, corporates uh, they were in many areas already ahead, you know, with regards to energy efficiency, materials efficiency, and so on. And at at the end, I think that's something that will will pay off to a certain extent. However, short term, uh, the energy prices um, spiked so much that these companies came also under pressure. Uh, although they were more ahead compared to with regards to efficiency compared to US or Asian companies. And I think we, we have to build on that. There's no other way than to reduce the, the dependency of energy from geopolitical dependencies um, from uh, Russia. It's anyway clear, but we should not uh, now focus just and make us dependent on, on uh, energy from the Middle East. The, the way forward is uh, is definitely renewable energy is more energy efficiency and um, we have uh, always proven that we are able to to come up with the uh, right innovation and um, I think it's it's in the nature of business to come up with with solutions in all crises if you take the history of business in all crises, Business has been able to come up with new innovation and to learn in each crisis from each crisis, and uh, that's this must be the situation here. You know, there might be and there will be some companies that will not survive. You know, that's uh, but this is also part of this um, survival cycles in that sense that only the the, the best um, will survive. I think it's right that the public helps the corporates and also I I individuals um, in this transformation. On the other side, also here, corporates should not make themselves too much dependent on just uh, subsidies. Well, learning from former crises is a good point to end this podcast for today. Thank you so much, Alois, for being our guest and for sharing your insights. Thank you. Take care. Dieser Podcast wird produziert von Stefan Tesch.